When was the last time you received an invitation? These days, a lot of invitations come by email that might be inviting us to participate in a sale at a store or to come in to do an activity in the community. Um, sometimes we get invites through the, um, through the snail mail. Um, these can be anything from more sales. Um, but sometimes we get for special occasions like special birthday parties or weddings, we'll get them through the mail. Some invitations we receive, we get invited to be a part of something, either to lead something, to, um, to share your experiences, to speak at a, at, a, at a conference, all sorts of invitations that are out there. But have you ever had an invitation to an epiphany? Last week we were hearing about what the word epiphany means and, you know, simply to be revealed. Um, and in this case, have you had an invitation to an epiphany of God? Our scriptures paint us um, several different types of invitations to see, have a revelation of God. God revealed in very different ways. Our Old Testament reading describes Samuel as a young boy anxious to serve the priest Eli in the temple. Prior to this encounter that we heard about, read, um, Samuel did not know God yet, though he served, uh, though he served him. Scripture tells us that God had not revealed himself to Samuel yet. Four times God called Samuel, and it was only after the third time, after he received some direction from Eli, his mentor, that Samuel recognized the call of God. When he received that invitation to, be, to play a part in revealing God to the Jews as he shared God's word about changing the line of priests, away from Eli and his sons, and eventually to David and Jesus himself. But it was the beginning. If he hadn't listened or responded to that invitation, um, then it would not have come through him. We know God uses, can use anybody, um, but we need to be listening um, to do that. And sometimes it means that someone around us may help us hear an invitation. Samuel was too young to know then what God's full plan was, but he accepted that first invitation of God's revelation, which set in motion a close relationship between Samuel and God, which led to Samuel being God's spokesperson to the Jewish nation and set the foundation for Jesus' new covenant and offer of salvation to, to the world after years after Samuel's death. Our psalm 
described how God revealed himself to David. This, he, David read, wrote this psalm when he was in the desert of Judah. And it describes how he revealed himself to David and how, God, how David saw God. Remember those verses. Seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and glory. On my bed, I remember you because you are my help. He remembers the power and glory that he saw, that how God revealed himself in the midst of worship. And David used that in all sorts of different ways. He clung to him, on, and his right hand upholds him. Because even when those want to kill him, that those people would be destroyed because he trusted God because of what he beheld when he worshipped him. The king, or David, will rejoice in God and swear by God's will, glory in him, and that all liars will be silenced. He's promising a lot of different things. David recalls the various ways that... Um, he has trusted in God after seeing his power and glory. And so this invitation in this case was to respond to the revelation of God. In this case, for worship. How do you respond in everyday life by what you've seen in worship? Paul shares with us in his first letter to the Corinthians how our freedom in Christ isn't just doing anything we want to do or feel good. He, he, he affirmed that, that through our baptism, which we discussed a lot last week, through our baptism we're washed clean through God's mercy and through Jesus' salvation and through the mercy through all that. But he reiterates that this freedom isn't just doing anything that we want to do or feels good in the moment, but rather our actions are to be beneficial to those that, that witness us, whether it be our church community or our world um, at large. And our actions should always glorify God. And as we live to glorify God, we reveal to the world who God is. Or we invite the world to an epiphany of God, have a picture of who God is, because we're constantly pointing towards him. And we live to glorify him. So we become, God uses us as the invitation that God can be revealed to an epiphany a revelation in that. And of course, we can't forget the gospel reading where we see Philip extend an invitation to a disbelieving Nathaniel to come and see a man whom Moses and the prophets wrote about. And what was Nathaniel's response when he heard where he came from? 
Nothing good can come from Nazareth. However, Nathaniel decided to come and see. That was the invitation. Philip invited him, come and see. And Philip trusted that God would show up. And show up he did. Nathaniel experienced an epiphany when Jesus knew things about him that Nathaniel knew that no mere man could know. And with this revelation, Nathaniel declared to Jesus, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. Those are not simple words. Those are not... That is only the response of a revelation or an epiphany that comes from God. Nathaniel responded to the invitation from Philip and then from Jesus as Jesus opened himself to him. So I return to my earlier question. Have you had an invitation to an epiphany? Many of us would say yes if we have a relationship with, with Jesus. But do you realize that these epiphanies can be happening all the time? They can be happening in our everyday life. It's not just here uh, when we worship that God reveals himself. He reveals himself out in the world when, when we're doing all the everyday things we are doing, whether we're grocery shopping, whether we are working at our jobs, any of those, any of those. Have you had your eyes, have you look, looked for God revealing himself in all these places? And if so, how did you respond? Anything like me, sometimes good and sometimes not so good. Sometimes it's like, oh, I don't have time for this to point this out. Um, and other times it's like, oh my gosh, hey, did you see this? Did you see this? Have you ever extended an invitation to someone else to come and see and trust that God would show up? Our lives are filled with this um, and for opportunities just a matter of looking for, looking for them and being open to them. One of the favorite parts of my job as a hospital chaplain is to see God revealed in some very interesting ways. I, um, it has opened my eyes to this. Um, part of my job or call is um, to help people recognize or to confirm for them when a revelation is in fact God, do we agree on that? I um, have that privilege to, to stand witness to some of the things that God does. Um, I wanted to share some of the examples, just ironically um, happens. You know, I give you lots of different examples, but I just took a few from just this past week. 
It was a woman on hospice. Um, she knew it was just a matter of time before she died, but she was still there with it. Um, but the medical care couldn't do anything more for her. She had a difficult relationship with her son, with her adult son. And in fact, it's one reason why I was um, invited to um, come in to meet her was because she didn't have anyone to support her while she was in the hospital, while she was um, waiting. And, um, and she was feeling very lonely. But when I went in to meet with her, I sat down with her and she said she liked my calm demeanor. Um, she had met a lot of people who came in to, because the word got around that she was lonely, so they were sending everybody in. And that was too much for her. <laughs> um, but she liked my calm demeanor and I said, whatever works for you works for me. Which is the definition of my job. <laughs> works for you, works for me. Um, but one of the, she said, you know, she said, during this time, as I've been, you know, connect, um, you know, trying to connect with God and prepare myself, she goes, sometimes I'm afraid, sometimes I'm not, she said. But I've started having some stuff happen that um, I'm not sure if it's God or not. She said, one of the things is, you know, I've been here for a few weeks, for a couple of weeks now. And when it started, um, and my son never wanted to come in, and we just were fighting. And, but then all of a sudden, between the first time I talked to her and the second time, she said, this last week, something changed. And all of a sudden, we're getting along. We've suddenly forgiven each other. And we saw, she goes, and she goes, I just, it makes me think that God must have had something to do with this. Um, and this is one where I stand by, yeah, I think I confirm that. He's a God of reconciliation, and he does things like that. Another case was kind of interesting. You know, um, we have a practice of saying the Lord's Prayer. And I know some people think, oh, it's just rote prayer. Um, you know, I want to be able to pray, um, you know, spontaneously, and obviously we do both here. Um, but I discovered the power in the Lord's Prayer, and I've seen this several times, but even just on Friday, as I was getting ready to leave to come home, I got called to come see a patient, and they asked me, you know, she's, she's, she's dying, can you please pray for her, kind of, we have a set of end-of-life prayers. Um, would you pray for her? And I said, sure. It's like, she doesn't respond anymore, but we do believe that she can still hear. But she's, I walked in, and she clearly was uncomfortable. Um, her eyes were closed, um, but she was moving. Um, and every once in a while, would say something, um, but not in response to what was being said. But they said, she can hear you, so just you can pray. I started the way I always do, praying for peace in the room. Didn't see a lot of change. I started praying through these prayers, and it came to part of this time, um, we do say the Lord's Prayer. The family was all in the room, but they clearly did not have a lot of faith, one way or another. 
Um, but they assured me that she did. And so I said, why? So um, I got to the part of the Lord's Prayer, and as I, as I was praying it, no one else was saying it with me, and of course she wasn't. But as I said it, suddenly, the peace that just, she received the peace and it just fell on her and she just went totally silent. It was like this listening. And suddenly, you could, you could just imagine, suddenly realize that she and God met. That she was waiting for something that was familiar for her in the midst of, she had dementia, she had all these different things, whereas they hadn't had a good conversation with her. But in this prayer, um, she met with God. Um, so I got to be a vessel to invite her that it was an opportunity. And one more fast, fast example. I had a patient who had been in the ICU for about a month. He was homeless. Um, he initially, um, the ICU staff had done wonders to um, revive him. He'd had a small heart attack. Um, and they had revived him and he'd come back. And then a couple weeks later, he had a second one. And this one, um, he never fully returned. Um, he was slowly, every organ in his body was slowly dying. And so the decision was finally made with our ethics committee and everyone that they could follow his original request that he didn't want to be stuck on a um, ventilator um, and on medications, because only medications were keeping him alive. Shortly before they were ready to with, begin to withdraw um, the medicate, turn off the medication, um, they, uh, the staff called me, because uh, he had no family um, that they could get a hold of, um, that they could find. And the staff called me and said, could you just pray for him? They had been working for a month trying to keep this man alive. They had fought valiantly um, in the ICU. And they'd gotten to know him. He'd been in and out of the hospital. Um, he'd made a lot of poor choices. Um, I don't know what he believed. But when I came in, um, I, um, I prayed for him on and off over the month. Um, Usually, it's when he wasn't very responsive. Um, but he had, um, he, he was not responsive at this time. Um, um, and everything was keeping, but he was still alive. Um, I came in and I do what I tend to do when I don't know um, what's going on. And I just started talking to him by name. And I let him know that God, that he was fearfully and wonderfully made, that he was not a mistake. Said, and you may have made some, you know, made mistakes in life. I said, I don't know what you do or don't believe. And I know you've made mistakes in life. We all have. Um, but I just want you to know um, that God is here. Um, that he can forgive your sins because of what Jesus did. And right now, the Lord knows where your heart is, and only He can communicate with you. Um, but I want you to be assured of that. And I just prayed for God's mercy 
in the midst of this. Because it's not me that's judging. I'm just asking for God's mercy in the midst of this. And I stood, I stood by him. Um, literally within 10 minutes of me finishing speaking, just sharing this with him verbally, all of a sudden, his heart rate first went up slightly and then just dropped before they ever removed any meds. And all this, it was this peace that it was like, okay, it's okay to let go now. I've heard what I need to hear. I don't know what went on there. I trust God in that. But all that to say, I saw God moving. I don't know what his response was in that. That's between him and God. All I can do is offer the invitation. And that's what um, um, God is asking us, for us to respond and to recognize when he is, um, when he is moving and revealing himself either to us directly or asking us to be a part of that or to help affirm someone else when they think they see that. In closing, I want to share this. Um, it's a song. I'm not going to sing the song. I'm going to share the lyrics with you. It's written, it's called Walking Through the Door. Walking, um, actually walking the halls. Um, it's from a chaplain's point of view, but this is something, if you close your eyes and listen to these words, um, I think you can hear that this can be good anywhere that you go out there, whether it be in the grocery store, whether it be at your job, whether it be in your neighborhood. Walking through the doorways, moving down the halls, praying with each step I take in these hospital walls, being quick to listen, slow in what I say, God, please let a word that's heard be for you today. And I wonder, well, where will you be found today? In the healing of a sinner, in the suffering of a saint. Every soul that I will meet today is a soul that Christ adores. Every living human document is a letter from the Lord. In the sickness and the suffering, we can find the face of God. Give me eyes to see the holy ground I'm on as I walk these halls. I look into these faces, every color, race, and creed. I see the eyes of Jesus staring back at me. When death is all around us, we must choose to see the life. A faith that walks in darkness has to hold fast to the light. And I wonder where will you be found today? Will I see Christ, the suffering, and will they see him in me? From the infant's cry until death's last sigh, we move on sacred ground, and we hold out hope as we walk these halls like the mercy of our God. Every soul that we meet today is a soul that Christ adores. Every living human document is a letter from the Lord. 
In the sickness and the suffering, we can find the face of God. Give us eyes to see the holy ground we're on as we walk these holy ground. Almighty God, I thank you for your words. I thank you that you are a God who shows up everywhere. In this world that there is so much that we don't understand, you are still present. May each of us be a light in the darkness and to point the way towards you, O oh Father, that um, you may, that we may be um, help to reveal you to the world as you sent Christ and revealed yourself to the world. 